0: Get ready to hear the truth about America
1: on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. It's a special podcast we put together on the weekends for you to enjoy. It's going to highlight some of our best interviews from this week from the radio show. You can hear these interviews live during the week in your local radio station. To find out where you can hear the Dan Bongino radio show near you, go to Bongino.com, click on Station Finder. And you'll find the station nearest to you but before we get to our first interview let me get to one of our sponsors we really appreciate their time on uh, today's show brought to you by birch gold i am a repeat customer to birch gold why because i know the damaging pernicious effects of inflation what it does to your wallet your savings will destroy your life you got to protect yourself i go back to birch gold every time b-a-r-c-h the stock market's in turmoil in a month, the market lost 10% of its value. Even though inflation's out of control due to spending, Democrats want to spend more, which is going to lead to more inflation, further destroying your savings. How do you protect it? Protect your savings the way I protect mine with Birch Gold. You can own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered account. If you're freaked out by the economy and the U.S. dollar, you should be. Then text Dan, my first name, to 989898. Birch Gold will send you a free information kit on securing your savings with gold. As I said, I'm a customer, I'm a multiple repeat customer of Birch Gold. Just the other day, purchased some more and I'm really grateful I am right now. Birch Gold is legit. They've been around for almost 20 years, have five star reviews and thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out. Text Dan to 989898, 98 98 secure your future with gold. Don't wait, do it today. Past performance, not a guarantee of future results. Message and data rates apply. First up today we talk with an FBI whistleblower, Kyle Serf, and he's back. He was on my radio show. He's a brave guy and a patriot. He gave up everything to give us an incredible, incredible account of what's going on inside the now broken FBI. Some of the abuses taking place. Please listen to this and spread the word. It's a really important interview and you can always listen to part 1 and 2 of my initial interview with him at rumble.com/bungee. So, you heard him on my podcast last week. You heard him on my television show on the Fox News channel on Saturday night. Um, And now you're going to hear him here. This is actually our largest audience by far. The radio audience is uh, multiple times as large as both the Fox audience. Let me shock you and the podcast as well. But radio is still the best way to reach people. So without wasting any time, I want to welcome to the show, suspended FBI agent, Kyle Servin. Kyle, welcome back to the show.
0: Thanks for having me, Dan. I appreciate it
1: yeah of course your story is important to tell and i wanted to reach the widest audience so um since we spoke last last tuesday and then when we taped the cable show saturday night there's been even more developments i wanted to get your thoughts as an fbi agent who understands the inside of the organization about this raid on this pro-life speaker uh this weekend i, I read uh the the charging document. It appears to me to be nothing more than a local misdemeanor assault allegation at best, which apparently was already dismissed. Um, this thing just reeks of politics. Uh, what, what does it say to you?
0: Yeah, you're right. It's the same thing. Um, it, it makes me sick. <clears throat> you know, I'm a, I'm a father, I'm a Catholic as well. Um, I haven't done a lot of abortion clinic activism, but uh, I'm not opposed to doing it. I, I attended the March for Life and uh, with my wife, which is the only kind of large march I would ever go to, I think. Uh, brought my little kids to it and and just saw a really great side of humanity. And then you see something like this. So I reached out to my friends in Philadelphia to see if there was something more to the story that we just weren't hearing and maybe they couldn't talk about it. And sometimes that happens. Like there are those stories. This doesn't seem like it's one of them. Uh, Nobody seems like there's any uh, additional information that we're missing out on. It seems like it is just what it sounds like. Uh, And that's, it's really awful for, I think this country, but it's definitely awful for people who are pro-life and conservative and, and um, you know, who are (laughs) Catholic parents.
1: Yeah, we're talking to uh, suspended FBI whistleblower Kyle Seraphin. Folks, you need to follow him, please. I'm asking you for a favor. He is on True Social and Twitter. At this, uh, here is the uh, here's his uh, his um, his uh, tag here. Whatever, I'm sorry, whatever you call it, his, uh, his name on Twitter, whatever. It's at Kyle K Y L E, common spelling at Kyle Serafin, Seraphin S E R A P H I N. I'm going to say that again at Kyle Seraphin k-y-l-e kyle s-e-r-a-p-h-i-n please follow him schrodinger's agent he simultaneously exists in the fbi and doesn't at the same time you'll see it it's yeah. up there but on a very serious note kyle it's very uh, very clever um you would think the fbi at the leadership level in the doj merrick garland and christopher Ray, would say to themselves you know we're an entity and you know investigating supposed crimes and intel in a constitutional republic, which requires consent of the governed and the faith of the people to operate. We're clearly going through a crisis right now of faith by the people because they think we're political. And then they go out and raid a pro-life pastor, a pro-life speaker's home. Uh, This just says to me, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, that they genuinely don't care. They're, They're enjoying this role as political enforcers and have no desire to change it at all, or they wouldn't. They wouldn't do this stuff.
0: Well, Dan, I heard, you, I heard you on the lead up to this, and I know you're getting pretty hot, and I can appreciate that as well. Um, I, I never like to attribute anybody's actions to something I don't understand. I'm not inside anybody else's head. Um, we can only see what they did, right? We can only look at the actions for what they are. And I wish they would do something differently. I really do. I, I do think that there's some credibility that could be gained with just a little bit of acknowledgement. And, and something that occurred to me is that uh, we, we kind of talked about it on your Fox show, the, the FBI has, has changed the core values that, that I saw when I signed up. And I didn't remember the word exactly, but that's what they call it, the core values. And folks can go see that on FBI.gov slash about slash mission, I believe. And if you go look into the uh, the, the Wayback Machine, and I've done that, and i sent it over to your producer as well, um, there there were very different core values that were listed in 2016 when I signed up and, and all the way through until about the end of the year in 2020. And I don't know why there was a fundamental change at that time. It looks like it happened sometime in maybe October. Uh, but the FBI changed what the core values are. And instead of the first core value being rigid obedience to the Constitution of the United States and respect for the dignity of all those we protect, they've moved it. And, the, uh, and it's moved to the first most important core value is respect, no further information, and the second one is integrity, no further information all the way at the bottom is this rigid uh, rigid obedience to the Constitution and when you move that down to the bottom, that should be the first and most guiding principle for an for a organization that says that its fundamental mission is to protect and uphold the United States Constitution and so I, I don't know if that's part of the, the flaw is that we're just looking the mission statement is flawed, and so the mission is being executed poorly that maybe that's maybe that's the nicest way that it could be and the, you know the worst is that it's just partisan hackery. it could go either way in
1: you're a fascinating guy. Every time I talk to you, I learn something new. I did not know that. You didn't tell me that last time, that that mission statement had been changed. And that's fascinating. It just reminds me of business school where they have this thing called a BHAG. Every company should have a BHAG. It's short for a big, hairy, audacious goal. It's a joke, but it's not. Um, every company should have some kind of defining big goal about what they're trying to do. Uh, I was under the impression, Kyle, that the FBI's BHAG was to you know enforce the law uh, yet through rigid allegiance to constitutional principles, preserving what the Constitution stood for. But it appears to be, as I said before the break, that the FBI uh, and a lot of people in it, sadly, you know, have become what they were designed to investigate. People who don't want to abide by constitutional principles. I, I mean, again, am I reading any of this wrong?
0: it feels that way it definitely does and uh and it certainly looks that way the fbi like so many other companies even though it's a government agency when you go into any of the break rooms you know there's posters on the wall that say what the mission statement are there's posters that say what the core values are and when you see that they change they do they do change what people think about they're sitting there eating their lunch and doing what like what normal employees do in any other other place uh and you just see this this slight shift and as the mission changes or as the, you know, the definition of what those words even mean, it, it changes how people look at it. And and, and you can see that in the, the most important priorities that the FBI lists are all intelligence priorities at this point. Um, that's also on their website.
1: Well, that's important. You would address that in my podcast. And I want to dig into a little bit of that now for our radio audience, how the FBI, the, the FBI I knew growing up, I mean, I'm only 47. It's not like I've been around for, you know, 80 plus years, but, Pretty long time. I mean, forty-three of them. I've been conscious, and uh, the time I grew up, you know, we were the, they were the, the, the G-men, man. I mean, you watch them in movies. You know, you watch like in my era, you watch Keanu Reeves in Point Break. You know, Johnny, Johnny Utah, Utah, give me two. You know, and that was it. I wanted to be an FBI agent so badly, and yet we talked in the podcast how they've morphed post nine eleven into primarily an intelligence gathering enterprise, which. It's not a horrible thing if you treat that responsibility responsibly, but that's not what happened. You were saying how these cases have just morphed into almost open-ended investigations. And, you know, it's essentially like turning your MAGA Neighbor Week. If they just want to, you know, do any, what an e-Guardian case you're saying, you could have a case open on yourself and not even know it.
0: And, and plenty of people do. There's no question about that. It's uh, when you look at the, the priorities that are listed up there, the first one they say is protecting the United States from terrorist attack. Um, that's a counterterrorist mission, but that's an intelligence mission as well. Um, the second one is that they say they want to protect the United States from foreign intelligence, espionage, you know, cyber operations. Once again, these are all intelligence operations that they're running. And so there's no, there's no termination date on them. It doesn't have to be an allegation or any information that somebody has been involved in criminality to have a case opened on them at that point. It's, they're going to open and they're going to find out where you are in there. And you know, maybe you're a victim of it. Maybe they can help you. Maybe they can't they don't have to and they don't have to shut it down that's just not the way that it's working so it's not the bank robberies that people thought of in the 50s or going after the gangsters in the 30s and it's not the same kind of organization you know it's probably closer to some of the stuff that we saw in the 60s and 70s that people find so atrocious um at this point but at the time i don't think people were so worried about it and i think half this country is not worried about what the fbi is doing if my twitter notes or anything to uh to be um, a representation of it. I, I, there's a lot of really negative people out there that said, yeah, the FBI is doing a great job um, and they're going after the people that I hate, which is, that's not the America that I want to live in. And I don't think they want to live in it either. If the tables were to turn.
1: Yeah. It's just shocking, isn't it? Because I, you folks, I, I've spoken at length to Kyle. The man is uh, very, very bright. I mean, I want to talk about you right here. It's kind of weird, you know, I don't but but I just want, I want you all to know, <laughs> This isn't some shtick. like he's not reading from notes. Like he's a very, very bright guy and a student of history. And you, you told this story, I, t- I told it before the break as well. It was so powerful. I, I think it resonated with it. It's so one piece of our interview that I've gotten more feedback on than anything else. And it's the story of going to the Holocaust Museum and then walking you through and trying to learn from history how this extermination of millions of innocent lives would have never happened without the compliance of the people with the badges, with the guns, and with the military uniforms. And, and you, you looked me in the eye and you said, you know, listen, I, I, I took that seriously. That's supposed to mean something. So having said that, having told that story, why aren't there more like you? I know you said there are some coming out, but there's what, 20,000 plus agents? Where are the rest of them? Why, why aren't there more?
2: Well, your numbers are
0: a little high. It's about uh, 13,500, under 14,000 agents. But uh, there's a sizable oh, number you. of FBI thank agents, you. there's no doubt. Um, and the number of people that I've talked to that said that that was the single most resonating issue that they, they saw at the entire FBI Academy. A lot of these guys are former law enforcement. You know, this is nothing new to them. Uh, guys who are former military, they understand what an unlawful order looks like or what it should look like. So the, it's more the poignancy of going to the Holocaust museum and seeing what, what can really go wrong. And it can really go wrong as we saw in you know, in the forties. So the the question, why does everyone not step up? I I think there's a real, I think there's a real boiled frog syndrome that goes on for a lot of folks that have been in for a long time. Um, part of it is that paycheck, just sticking around. They're going to get that tension, the golden handcuff that we talked about. But there's something else to be said as well. And, um, and it's something that, that Stephen Friend and I talked about. We've talked about it twice now. When you pop into an organization, you look at something, you're, you're new to it. Like I've got six years with the FBI. You know, he has about eight years with the FBI. And I got a friend with two or three years. And we all saw the same things right away. When you drop me into a place where something is immediately looking wrong, but everyone else has kind of been going along with it for a year or two or three, January 6th is a great example of it. When you just look at it and everybody else is out there. Yeah. We're serving search warrants. We're going out and we're grabbing these people. They're misdemeanor offenders. They, they walked into the Capitol, took selfies. Uh, That's not right. And, and, and we know that if you walked right out of the Academy, you should know that. But maybe if you've been doing this for a while and you're used to doing some things, some things don't always line up. Maybe you don't always have all the facts, the guys on the arrest team don't always have all the, the information on the case. And so I'm, I'm not quick to judge people who are at the door all the time. Um, but agents, you got to be asking these questions. I mean, you got to be reading in on these cases what you're going out on. If you're going to go serve the authority and be the strong arm, you really need to know what you're doing. And there's got to be some objections. Someone's got to start throwing some flags.
1: Well, Kyle, that's my beef. We're talking to Kyle Serafin, FBI a whistleblower, now suspended a uh, – patriot in every single sense of the word that's what bothers me you know I you know we had this conversation I'm not this isn't a self-praise moment I don't need it you don't need it who cares nobody gives a damn about what I did or didn't do it doesn't make a difference I just say it for perspective is it when I walked away I walked away there was nothing God forbid someone told me hey Barack Obama just ordered a search warrant at someone's house or something at the DOJ I would have been like what are you kidding me like I would I would have quit on the spot I just saw the political environment in general under the Obama administration deteriorating and I wasn't going to be a part of it. Like this country matters to me like it matters to you. But isn't there, is it, I, I only got about a minute left, so I'm going to wrap this up this question, but isn't it their responsibility as the most powerful law enforcement agents in the entire world to kind of know what's going on? Like, hey, we're going to arrest this pro-life guy for a misdemeanor or so, like maybe do a quick internet search and say, yeah, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to take part in this.
0: That would be my thought. Um, you know, one of the things that Stephen friend and I both agreed on is that when we looked at our resumes, we're really good fits to be FBI agents. And there's not a ton of other things that, you know, we're super qualified to do. And so that leaves you in that spot where a lot of these guys are going to be making that decision based on looking down the line saying, Hey, I've got, you know, I can go be a cop and make a third of the money. That's probably honorable, but uh, a lot of people can't take that hit. And I, I wish some people start doing it. I mean, I took the hit to, to zero. So, um, I'm okay with it. I, I made my decision. I hope other people start making some good decisions as well. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to do what I did, but it's um, they got to fix it inside. It's the only way it's going to get fixed. Or you know, I'm, I, I'm not 100% in disagreement with your previous statements earlier uh, last hour about it's got to get it's got to get revamped.
1: Folks, please follow this gentleman. He's a patriot, um, a whistleblower in the real sense of the word. At Kyle K Y L E Seraphin S E R A P H I N on both True Social. And Twitter, Kyle, I'm going to make a quick prediction. I'm way over on time here, but yeah, you did take a hit to zero. You lost everything. So did I. I couldn't put braces on my kid's teeth at one point. It went on for years. But I'm going to make a prediction. That's not going to last forever, man. The Patriots out there want to see people like you uh, succeed, and they don't want to see people like you punished for doing the right thing. I'm just going to leave it at that. Kyle Seraphin, thank you so much for speaking out. This will not be the last time we talk, I promise you. Thanks for coming on today, spending some time with my audience.
0: Thanks, Dan. I appreciate
1: it. You got it, folks. That's what real heroism looks like. Pension, health care, everything gone. Guy's got kids, man. Gone to speak out. I told you there were some patriots there, and he ain't going to be the last one. That was FBI whistleblower Kyle Serafin, special agent there with a story that should wake everyone up to what's happening to this now broken organization. Up next, we talk with fan favorite One of my favorites, too. My good friend, Leo Terrell. You know him from Fox News, from my radio show. But let me get to our next sponsor first. Papa Carmine's Hot Peppers. It's a fiery mix of serrano, jalapeno, and red bell peppers, vegetables, and olives, submerged in oil with just the right amount of seasoning. Papa Carmine's Hot Peppers adds instant heat, crunch, and flavor to all types of food, including sandwiches, Italian beef, hot dogs, hamburgers, salads, pasta, tacos, chicken, steak, pizza, eggs, just about anything else. You can scoop it on or simply drizzle the infused oil on your favorite foods. Papa Carmine's Hot Peppers has just the right heat. Not too hot or too mild, and the delicious flavor lingers in your mouth long after you're done. Once you try Papa Carmine's Hot Peppers, you'll never buy a plain old jar of jalapenos again. Papa Carmine's is more than just hot peppers. It's a lifestyle. It's a must for all hot pepper lovers, and proudly made in the U.S.A. Order online today at papacarmines.com. Use promo code Bongino and save 10% off your first order. That's papacarmines.com. P-A-P-A-C-A-R-M-I-N-E-S. Papacarmines.com. Promo code Bongino and save 10% off your first order. Once you try Papa Carmines, you'll be a customer for life. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you've got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. it's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog they'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area that's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the henry u.s survival Rifle. here's leo terrell talking with me about the weaponization of the fbi and how it's being used to attack political opponents of the liberal agenda amongst other things you don't want to miss this. all right mike we got to start some kind of a tradition here you know the fourth quarter of uh, the um, college football games, they put up you know, the four. there, This is the third quarter, baby. Then, well, it wouldn't be the third quarter. It could be the no quarters. It'd be the third third trimester. Here you go. Three. Three, baby. Here it is. Three. The last hour of the show. Darn. I enjoyed this show. It's like my psychotherapy session for uh, handling the Joe Biden administration. I want to welcome back to the show probably our most popular guest. Uh, everybody loves him, has his own show on KABC. And just a wonderful guy, Leo Terrell. Welcome back to the show.
3: I am glad to be on your show, my identical twin, my twin brother. That's right, man. I just want to say two things. One, I, I was a little hurt this morning when you said you're on the east side of the east side of the uh, Florida, and you're not worried about the uh, the hurricane. And but if there was a problem with it going shut down, you're called Jason, and not me. Not I, your, your, I your know friend, I, I heard that's that. true. If, That's an insult. That is. And the second thing is, (laughs) I want to make it clear. Dan Bongino for FBI director in 2024. Wow. Leo Dan Bongino, FBI director, 2024. I want to push that with the big guy. You know who I'm talking to.
1: All right. I know. Yeah, we both talk to him. I'll tell you what. I'll I'll, uh, sign on to that deal on one condition. All right. You put yourself on the short list. Um, as vice president. If you do that, then I will consider it. Mike, Mike, what do you think? Is that a deal? I I, want to be your lieutenant, Dan. (laughs) Listen, I listen to your show. You got expertise
3: Uh, in Secret Service, NYPD, the warrants. I've been listening to it. Dan Bongino, FBI Director, 2024.
1: You're a good man, Leo, a good friend. We've known each other a long time. So uh, that's why my audience loves you, too. That's why we always include you you have, whenever we do a weekend interview show on the podcast, whenever you're on, one of those spots is always yours. Uh, it's because you, you know you know what you're talking about and you've seen both sides of the political aisle an invaluable skill. You're also a lawyer. Um, I opened up today's show discussing the FBI and the weaponization of the FBI. Now you're, I mean, literally a civil rights attorney. It's not figurative. I mean, this has to bother you. I mean, the whole idea of civil rights And i'm not necessarily comparing the two because one was far more severe but the targeting of americans based on superficial characteristics race or religion the internment of the japanese jim crow slavery there's a history in this country that you know that i know that it's a history we should talk about but the weaponization of law enforcement to attack those people for the superficial characteristics uh results right now in people's disgust uh, thankfully so but it's kind of strange again that's severe but on a lesser level now, the targeting of people for their political beliefs, you know, Leo, perception is turning into reality here as the you know indicators start to pile up based on the targeting of that pro-life activist by the FBI this weekend, that this is a real thing, political targeting. We can't have a constitutional republic if it's allowed to continue.
3: You are absolutely right. And this is the fear. I mean, you you expect the law to be our last key cornerstone of impartiality. Let's be very clear. The FBI, the Department of Justice has been weaponized. Did did everyone in the world knows what they did to that pro-life activist, a case that was easily dismissed? They are sending a signal to people who disagree with the Democratic platform that we're going to go after you. And they're trying to deter people like you, me, the average citizen who has a different opinion, than from the far left. And they're using the FBI and the FBI is a willing participant. That's scary
1: right that is scary that's i am glad you said that because that's what bothers me the most i mean thankfully we've seen a bevy of whistleblowers come forward uh patriots and and i'm honored to be uh consider some of them friends but the 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 management of the fbi leo this would stop quickly if christopher ray or someone would come out now you and i are, are personal friends with the president we're not name dropping it's true i mean i don't have coffee with him but we know him pretty well And you remember in the Trump administration, Leo, the silliest things like we're going to enforce a border wall and we're going to move some monies over to pay for it. They're like the people in DHS are going to resign in protest. Yet you've got this targeting of people in a supposed constitutional republic based on their political beliefs. And Leo, how many threatened resignations have you heard about? I've heard about zero, not a single one. None because,
3: Dan, there are these three components. You got the Democratic left wing extremist wackos. You got now the politicization, the weaponization of the Department of Justice and the FBI. And let's not forget, Dan, the left wing media. The left wing media. Yeah, uh, but for your show, Fox, some, some outlets, the left wing media provides the protection. And there's no payback. There's no attacking what they're doing. They they're, they're, they're basically have compromised. An institution like law enforcement, like the FBI, Department of Justice, now they have compromised it, and the FBI have basically, with the permission of the left-wing media, they're protected. They're absolutely protected by the left-wing media. And you know what, Dan? I'll tell you right now, it's just not management. And these FBI agents, they're compromised in a way. They got to determine whether or not they're going to tell the truth or they're going to worry about their retirement, their pension, their their, their family. So they're compromised. And it's not just management. There's some of the rank and follower compromise as well.
1: Right. Right. You're so right. And this is an argument I've had with friends of ours in the conservative talking headspace as well. You know, is saying, oh, it's not the rank and file and a blanket term is inaccurate. No. I mean, blaming everyone in the rank and file is the opposite problem. That's stereotyping like, in the other way. But absolving the rank and file as if, oh, oh I just served the warrant, fully yeah. understanding in most cases there was a political motivation. No, Leo, I'm sorry. Like, I was a rank and file agent. I left. It- I saw what was going on. That's your responsibility. And man, I'm not tuning your horn, but let me tell you right now, I've listened to you when you said it on
3: expertise issues like law enforcement. I heard you on Oválde, and when you're you know how the sausage is made and what is missing in the FBI management is somebody who knows the process, you know the game, and I'm serious. I'm not joking around. I hope your listeners really just. Swamp social media. You can run the FBI because you know you won't take the BS from those people who have been in the bureaucracy for 20 years. We have to save this country. And the first thing we have to do is save our legal system, Dan. Our legal system is in danger. Lady, Lady Justice is not blind. She's got one eye yeah. looking at those who disagree with the yes. Democratic platform.
1: Yeah, that's so right. I say that all the time. uh, Lady Justice is only blind to Democrats. You're totally right. She's peeking out of there. I got you Republicans over there. We're talking to Leo Terrell, our most popular guest. Everybody loves Leo. Leo, on a practical note, the one one reason I could never do that, be an FBI director, is uh, candidly, I would never, ever get confirmed by the Senate. I have way too many enemies in the Republican swamp as well. And they just hate my guts. And and that's that's you know, that's fair. I mean, I'd have to have some appointed position that didn't require Senate confirmation because they just hate my guts. But I it does fascinate me what would happen if we got like a maybe a Rick Rennell type or a Cash Patel type, someone who understands what happened with Spygate, uh with legal experience. Um if we got someone in there like that, that really got to kind of peek in the shoe boxes and peek underneath the carpet, see what they swept under there. Leo, I can almost guarantee you I have an experience with GS1811 federal agents and agencies that it's probably a lot worse than even you and I think.
3: Oh, Dan, I think, I think you're absolutely spot on. Let me be very clear. Besides having the – we have to win in November. We have to win the White House. We have to undo the damage that the, the – Democrats have done, as far as legislation, the 46,000, 86,000 IRS troops. We got to undo it. And you know the process. And I'll tell you right now, we get the right supermajority. Dan Baggino gets confirmed by the Senate. And you (laughs) you take no prisoners in that. You clean it up. We got to drain the swamp, Dan. And the bureaucracy (laughs) survives. We got to get rid of them. That is very important.
1: Uh Thank you. Mike and producer Mike, uh, producer Jim's on vacation, is nodding his head in approval. Leo, let me get your, because uh, you were a California resident. I was a New York resident. I find myself now in the uh, wonderful state of Florida, led by Ron DeSantis. Yeah, the, the, the people fleeing these states are starting to flee in droves. I was just covering before you came on, a, just a news story of a friend, John Solomon over there. Five thousand eight hundred people left New York in August alone. That is a record number of a number of people in decamp to uh, to move to Florida. Do you see a similar phenomenon in California? I mean, I get it; people are leaving to move to Texas. But Leo, you're out there on the ground. We got a big KABC hey, audience, KSFO, two of our bigger stations. I don't see a lot of change. I mean, Governor Newsom seems so confident in himself. That he's running ads in Florida. Well, I mean, obviously Floridians can't vote for him. What is it about California? Because I, not to be give you a long winded question, but me being a former New Yorker, I'm sensing a sea change in New York. Lee Zeldin, the Republican, has a real chance, a real yeah. chance. But it seems like in California, it's just we're just running on the wheel, man.
3: Dan, thank you for that question. You are 100% spot on. I mean, despite the total chaos of this state, crime, homelessness, and people leaving the state, he has this state buffaloed. He's going to win it by a landslide. One year ago, he was on the verge of being knocked out on a recall. This guy is ignoring California, playing national politics, because he's going to win by 55 to 56% of the vote. How and how he does it? smoke and mirrors another left-wing media that just basically kisses rear end and he's talking about issues that are detrimental to california he wants to make us all electric homes by 2030 no gas vehicles 2035 no one can afford it except dan i except gavin newsom uh nancy pelosi silicon valley and hollywood we he's driving the middle class out of california He's a disaster. And yet he's done successfully well by using smoke and mirrors and a willy left wing media. It's crazy here. Yeah.
1: I had a friend explain to me a last question. I'll let you go. You're always generous with your time. we talking to Leo Terrell. Maybe, you know, you live there. I don't. He said to me, Dan, the problem in California is the state's completely bifurcated. You have this tech epicenter full of super wealthy people who just don't care. They they don't care what the tax rate is because they're so rich, it doesn't matter. You tell them to buy an electric car, they're like, ah, give me three. And then you have a dependency class due to illegal immigration and overwhelming government policies that are creating a poor economic growth environment. You have a dependency class, but there's really the middle class is disappearing. So, you know, the dependency class is going to vote on the dependency government. And the wealthy super tech people connected to the insiders can afford to be liberal because they don't care. He said, you don't see that as much in New York where there's a middle class and even, you know, Illinois to some extent. Does that sound right? Absolutely correct. Look, the power
3: structure in California is in Northern California. Oh, by the way, that's where Silicon Valley is. That's where Gavin Newsom, Nancy Pelosi are located. That's the power struggle. And then you have this dependency group. That's why the illegal immigration here, keeping people dependent on government, middle class. Who are they? We don't care about them. They're not necessary. They're being driven out. Spot on analysis. And by the way, last point, Dan Bongino for FBI director. Listeners, <laughs> let's make this viral.
1: Folks, this is what I love about Leo. When Leo gets an idea in his head, this guy is not messing around. Follow him on Twitter. He's at the Leo Terrell. He has his own radio show, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, KABC Radio, one of my favorite stations. We're on there as well. You can also go to leoterrellhats.com and theleoterrell.com to check out this fine American patriot. We love him. Leo, thanks for your time. We really appreciate it. Love you,
3: Dan. Always. Thank you. Thanks, buddy.
1: Love you, too, man. See you. My buddy, Leo Terrell. So funny how we started, me and him debating on Hannity, what, 10 years ago. You know, yelling and screaming at each other. (laughs) And this full metamorphosis. That was Leo Terrell. Up next is Joe Concha. He's a good friend of mine, another Fox News contributor. He has a new book out, and he's a great commentator on what's going on with the media out there. We'll get to that in a second. You're going to love this interview. Let me tell you about our next sponsor. Folks, you heard me talk about MyPillow for a while now, but did you know that they have a lot more than just pillows? There's no better time to check out MyPillow.com because Mike Lindell and MyPillow are having a BOGO extravaganza on several MyPillow items. It's time to join the millions of Americans who've changed the quality of their sleep with MyPillow. Right now, you can get this buy one, get one free pricing on beach towels, beach blankets, Giza elegance, MyPillow, six-piece towel sets, roll and go anywhere, MyPillow's, and so much more. Just go to the Radio Listener Special page at MyPillow.com and use promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, or call 1-800-837-0459. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to buy one, get one free on select products. Call 1-800-837-0459 or go to the Radio Listener Special page at MyPillow.com and use promo code Bongino. Paul and I love their pillows, slippers, and towels for a long time. We know you'll love their products too. That's MyPillow.com, promo code Bongino. Here's Joe Concha talking about his book. Come on, man, the truth behind Joe Biden's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad presidency. He'll talk about the media malpractice, too, in covering Biden. They cover for him all the time. All right, I want to welcome to the show a good friend of mine. He's been on a couple of my shows before. Go back uh, a ways. He's a fantastic commentator on the media, and he has a new book out about the Dreadful, awful, terrible, horrendous, ridiculously bad, incredibly stupid presidency of Joe Biden. The book is called. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Joe Concha. <laughs> welcome to the show, buddy.
4: You do a very good. Come on, man. That's uh, I've been interviewed a few times now, and that's the best one so, I've heard so far. Come on. Well, come on I, man.
1: I'm not. There you go, Jim. Very good. Thank you. Um, My Thank Bernie you. Sanders is better. You know, the millionaires and the billionaires. I used to complain about the millionaires. However, I'm a millionaire now, and I'm entirely full of crap like a diaper. So now it's the billionaire. I don't do Biden nearly as well. But now you have this book out, come on, man, about Mm -hmm. Biden's, I would like to cuss right now, but I won't. Let's call it crappy presidency. Mm -hmm. Um, Here is my question to you. Yes. How the hell did you keep this book under the word count? What did they tell you? We're looking for 70,000 words. You could have written 700,000 words. You could have written Anna Karenina. How the hell did you fit this kind of content into one book?
4: Dan, you know, that's the best question I received so far. It's Thank you. Uh, I gotta tell you, it's it's like a movie, you know, and and you got something like that that's like uh, the movie version of War and Peace. Like, there's so much material to work with. How do I keep this Cry. down to seventy thousand when I have seven hundred thousand? Uh, I, I just confined it to the most egregious examples of this man who somehow has failed upwards his entire life. When you think about it, in like law school, he says, hey, I finished at the top of my class. No, he finished at the bottom. Then he runs for president in 1988, and he has to drop out due to plagiarism, which is a recurring theme throughout his life. And then even as a senator, as a vice president, and now as president, profoundly below average, yet this is what we have settled for because we had a media that was so hell-bent on getting out the forty. 40- president. They didn't bother to look very much under the hood at what was coming with the 46th president. And now you see him polling and Joe Biden lower than any first term president in polling history, going all the way back to Harry S. Truman. Congratulations, America. This is what we're stuck with.
1: Well, we're talking to Joe Concha, author of the brand new book. And congratulations, by the way, Saw on your social media profile, you were beating Maggie Haberman, who has that ridiculous book, Confidence Man, about Donald Trump, another anti-Trump book. So I think it shows you that there is certainly a market for diagnosing the problems in the country. The book's called "Come On, Man." Pick it up today. It talks about Joe Biden's terrible presidency. But you hit on something um, I wanted to address, and you can certainly and, and by all means bring the book into it as well. You're a media commentator. You 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 do what you know Howie Kurtz does, and what Brian Stelter tried didn't fail that to do. You actually do it well. But I I think you kind of nailed it. Like, how the hell is it that this guy is still at 40% approval? Like, how do four out of 10 people still like this guy, despite the obvious nature of the calamity we're living in? And it really is the media, right? Portraying like an Oz-type scenario, not showing you the man behind the curtain. It has to be. There's no other explanation.
4: Or spitting the numbers, right? And and telling you things that you know are real are not real. So for example, when the economy actually contracts, it has negative growth for two straight quarters, six months, Any other time, under any other president, particularly a Republican one, that is traditionally called something called a recession, right, because we're going backwards now. But then the Biden administration says, and the Biden himself says, no, 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 we're not really in a recession, and and here's why, and they give these ridiculous reasons as to why. And then more than enough people in media say, you know what, they got a point, you're right. I know we've always said this was a recession, but it's not really one now. And then when the president says, oh, well, we're actually at zero inflation, or you know, it only went up a little last month, he's doing that month to month instead of year to year, which is the way you judge inflation. It's like me, Dan, gaining 40 pounds, and then I lose back 10, and I say, Look, like, I have wow. more weight than any time in <laughs> <of> my history. <laughs> it's
1: like
2: with hey, the gas prices.
1: I'm so gas healthy, man. Your-
2: Yeah, that's know, a great point. Yeah, uh,
1: Like you go to a Dunkin' Donuts, right, every day, and you digest Dunkin' Donuts and Big Macs. You're walking back and forth between McDonald's. Over that month, you gain 60. That's such a good point, Joe. And then for a week, you go back to a normal diet. You lose two pounds. You're like, man, I lost two pounds. What a phenomenal success. <laughs> this is so crazy. That's a good we're, point. Um, we're going in the right way, direction. I'm, yeah, we're going in the right direction. You're. You, no, you just kind of framed it perfectly, and, and I, I use those words deliberately. It's the way you frame an issue in the media that I b- believe distorts the public view of just how bad things are really are right now, but not just how bad they are, but how Biden is personally responsible by the decisions he made. Let me give you just a quick example. Um, the gas price thing. Like It's fairly obvious that, yes, gas prices going up are not exclusively Biden's fault, but Joe, as you well know the decisions he's literally made you know no drilling in the north slope suspending oil leases um um, not allowing the keystone pipeline to move forward these are real decisions anyone can look them up online have done nothing to contribute to gas prices coming down or probably greatly contributed to them going up but the way they frame it is it, it kind of alters it to make you believe he's an innocent victim in all this
4: as you'll see in the book mr bongino joe biden isn't a victim of circumstances to your point But he and his cabinet, his advisors, his handlers, they are masters of self-inflicted wounds to this country. And the consequences have been devastating to our wallets. I looked at my 401k yesterday. My jaw is still on the floor. And, And, you know, it's been deadly for so many Americans as well in terms of their decisions around the border in terms of opioid overdoses, fentanyl coming in record numbers from China through Mexico and into the hands of of so many young americans who are dying and and that's the thing right it's all self-inflicted so when you look at inflation yeah, inflation goes up and down but when this president came into office it was at one point four percent and now it's well above eight percent and i'm guessing maybe this is the reason why when you inject trillions of dollars into the economy in addition to the trillions that you're already spending, (laughs) that tends to increase inflation. But again, these guys will go out there, and particularly the president and his press secretary, and they'll say, no, you know what? This is called the Inflation Reduction Act. So I know we're spending a lot of money, but it's going to bring down inflation. And then every sober study and analysis says that, no, actually, it's going to raise inflation. And that's the thing. This is all self-inflicted based on the decisions that they have made. And that's why we are where we are that's why I'm just amazed, to your, to your point. Yeah, he's at about 39%, 40% right now. Who are these people? I mean, can I right. go bowling and have a beer with these folks sometimes and say, what can you possibly say you're doing correct right
0: now?
1: Joe, on, um, producer Jim here. Come on, man. Thanks, Jim. Producer Jim and I, we, we stew on this all the time. Well, like, how is this guy not in the 20s? Uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm I'm not being silly about it. I mean, think about it. And I, maybe I'll, I'll leave it with a question to you. We're talking to Joe Concha, author, the terrific new bestseller. Uh, Come on, man, about Biden's terrible presidency. Can't forget that title. <laughs> but what's going right right now? I mean, you have this massive fentanyl crisis where any sane parent around the country who's got a kid between the age of 10 and 21 is terrified they're going to show up dead in some fentanyl thing somewhere. Um, yeah. You've got a, Bill Malugin at the border, our colleague at Fox, with a drone camera watching just hundreds of thousands of people pile into the country with no checks at all. You've got a vaccine that just fell apart in its efficacy, despite it being jammed down people's throats. You've got inflation we haven't seen since you and I were like seven and 10 years old or whatever in the Jimmy Carter era. I, I mean, how, who are the four in 10 people who are saying, oh yeah, this is great. And I guess the question is, is anything going right? Like, in the book, like, is there anything in there you're like, oh, come on, man, at least this is going okay? I mean, is, there, is anything going right right now to justify this?
4: Well, let's go through it, right? Major issues that are important to the American people. Inflation, we just talked about, no. Economy overall, we just talked about the recession, no. Crime, right? A big, big deal. And you oh, never huh. hear the president once get flanked by police officers and say, I support these men in blue. And more importantly, not only do I want... Every city to hire more, and I'll provide whatever funding is, is needed. I want every DA fired who doesn't enforce the law that allows these criminals to go back out onto these streets after these police officers. And you were one, Dan. Imagine going through that whole effort. You finally arrest this guy with a rap sheet a mile long. It's not like, oh, he's shoplifting from the CVS. This is a violent criminal. And then two days later, you see that same criminal you arrested out there hurting somebody again or killing somebody and the president says nothing about this, right? So, all right, so crime, we could take that off the table as far as something that's going right. The border we just talked about, we're talking about when you include Godaways, not just the people that we're encountering and then we're counting, but all the people that we're not. We are approaching now the entire population of friggin' Ireland, okay? Five right. million people coming into this country <laughs> in the first two years. Right. I go through those three, and then education, I got a first and a third grader, I'm all for parents' rights, not for teachers' unions dictating that my kid in first grade, and I have a first and a third grader, first graders being taught about gender identification, sexual orientation, I don't hear the president saying one thing about that, so I go down the list. And I can't find anything that this president has done right. And trust me, I'm an objective guy. I voted for Bill Clinton in 1996 when I was a young man because, hey, the economy was good and he liked a balanced budget and he said the era of big government's over. All right, good enough for me. That dull guy looks old. I'll vote for Bill Clinton. So I can be objective. But here, in looking at it through sober eyes and lucid eyes, I don't see it. By the way, you brought up Maggie Haberman before. And uh, this is interesting. This is the stat of the year, because this goes back to our media conversation. Over the next five weeks, there are 15 books coming out about the president. The problem is that president is Trump. That is what they're focusing on. And you're talking to the one guy who wrote about Joe Biden in the past nine months as far as having anything resembling a a, a major name. And and that's the thing. Fifteen to one. Not one person can analyze and write about this president, scrutinize the current guy in power. No, of course they can't do that because, well, they serve at the pleasure of the Democratic Party.
1: Well, we're talking to Joe Concha, author of a book you should pick up called Come On, Man. Come on. Man, now, Joe, I want you to, you know, I've I've written a couple of books myself. I, Jim, have I told you this? I'm going to write another one. I know I told you I would. Did I not tell you I was never going to? I did, right? I'm never. I just said that. I had an idea and I can't get it out of my head, so I'm going to write another one. I, I'll tell you about it. But Joe, be prepared. You are, um, again, you're not a dyed-in-the-wool liberal who genuflex at the altar of Joe Biden and Barack Obama. You know your book's going to be attacked, right? No matter how good the sales are, I could have listeners go out right now and you should buy two and three thousand copies of the book right now on the phone. You know, the New York Times, no matter what happens, even if they decide to put you on the list, there's going to be an asterisk next to it. And it's going to say something like bulk sales, bulk sales. This is what they do. You're anticipating this. You understand this, right? No matter how good it sells, they are going to attack you.
4: Oh, I embrace the New York Times doing that. That's fine, guys. Go ahead. Keep me off your your New York Times bestseller list. All I go by is Amazon, because Amazon, I used to be a sports columnist. It's quite simple. When you're doing baseball scores, it's who scored more runs. That's it. So who's selling more books? And If you want to tell me there's some sort of methodology that the New York Times uses, no, there is no methodology. It's who sold the most books and then who should go on this list. And if they keep me off of it, believe me, that's the first column that I'm writing about. And I'll run to Fox News and your show tomorrow, and we'll talk about, hey, I don't get it. Joe is at number one or number three in terms of most books sold in the week, but then the New York Times kept him off it for some reason or put an asterisk next to it with no explanation behind it. Go ahead, guys. This is why the New York Times hasn't endorsed a Republican presidential candidate since 1956. We're talking... Ike, all right, Dwight D. Eisenhower, and the Washington Post has never endorsed a Republican presidential candidate. Gee, I wonder why that is. Yet they're seen as the pillars of journalism and objectivity. Well, you think they would maybe endorse? I don't know, Reagan over Mondale or George H. <laughs> w. Right. Bush over the caucus, <laughs> right? Right, right, so, right, that's right. Where we are at this point, it's not journalism, Dan. It's activism, and we all know it. Yeah.
1: No, you're right. And I I only got a minute left and I got a ball. Joe Concha, author of the book, Come On, Man, about Biden's terrible, disastrous uh, presidency. It's a great summary of how bad things are. Reminders you need before the election. But Joe, one quick thing. The way it works is after the asterisk goes next to the book, your Wikipedia page will be immediately updated by a guy named Samuel in his basement eating Hot Pockets, watching pornography and old Barack Obama videos. And it's going to say Joe Biden's book. Come on, man, was a bestseller. However, it was only a bestseller because of bulk sales. They did it to me. And you know what the bulk sale was? They bought, I think, 50 books for the Fox Nation Patriot Awards. So I sold about 100,000 copies, 50 Fox bought for Fox. News, and it was bulk sales, fellas, bulk sales. Don't let Joe Concha be a victim of that. Go pick up his book. It's terrific. Come on, man, by Joe Concha. Joe, I'll see you on my show, Unfiltered, Saturday night, I believe, right?
4: That's right. And audience, buy the book. It'll be the biggest F you to all those people out there trying to <laughs> down Bungito on me. F you. We That's can right. that on the That's air, right. right.
1: That's what yeah, I love okay. about you. Well, it's my show. You can say whatever you want. Believe me, I said it last week. I'm probably going to get a fine for it. All right, it Joe, really thanks awesome. for coming on. See you later, buddy. Thanks, Thank Danny. You. Have a good one. You got it. Joe's a good man, folks. Pick up the book. Uh, we need a good summary of just how awful uh, the Biden president is. That was Joe Concha. Up next is a GOP nominee for Senate, a great candidate in Nevada who could wind up flipping the Senate. His name's Adam Laxall. You got to hear from him. But first, let me tell you about our final sponsor. Homeowners beware, you could already be the victim of home title theft and not have a clue about it. Some cyber thief may have already forged his name onto the title to your home. Here's how to find out. My partners at Home Title Lock have a special free offer for my listeners. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. It's very simple. Just enter your address for a free, no obligation home title scan. It's how you discover if a cyber thief is already camping on your home's title. Look, the title to your home is the only document that proves you actually own it. And once a thief forges your title, he can take out loans in your name or forge your name stating he's a new owner. First things first, let's make sure your home's title is securely in your name. You can do that by going to HomeTitleLock.com and use uh, my promo code RADIO, R-A-D-I-O. Then enter your address for your free, no obligation home title scan. That's a $100 value, free. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com, code RADIO, HomeTitleLock.com, code RADIO. Here's Adam Laxalt running for Senate in Nevada. It's a seat we have to pick up in the midterms. It's critical. Adam talks about what we can do to solve our border issues and, most importantly, what Republicans can do to win in this specific election. It's a good interview. Uh, I don't want to lose any connection, one, because I'm here with you live, but second is we got a great guest here. don't waste any time. Uh, A Senate candidate who could very well be the 51st vote. Um, If things uh, don't go as planned on election night, this could be our safety valve. Adam Laxalt from Nevada, thanks for joining us
2: thanks so much for having me dan
1: well we've had you on the show before i uh was for your candidacy early in the primary i thought you were the best candidate for the job you were a former attorney general um nobody understands the law better than you so i wanted to start today on the on the border uh an area you have a lot of familiarity with you understand the issues down there Uh, If you're elected as the next GOP senator from the state of Nevada over Cortez Masto, who is a a Democrat and certainly acts like a far left one. um, What are some of the things we could do immediately with, keep in mind, uh, you you obviously know this, Joe Biden's still in the White House. So say we do take the House and God willing, take the Senate as well. What can we do immediately um, to start to reinforce that border and, and help our men and women out down there?
2: Look, I don't think we face a bigger issue right now than this open border. Uh, you, you all, all your listeners know the numbers. Unprecedented amounts of people come over. We've got national security issues, human trafficking issues, opioid overdoses. I visited the border. I beat my opponent um, and every single elected official in this state to the border, uh, which should tell you a lot. Uh, my, my opponent, Senator Masto, along with uh, – The border czar, VP Harris, have both said that the border is secure and that this is misinformation to suggest it's open. And so, as I always say, first and foremost, we need leaders to understand we have a problem. We have any chance of addressing it. Uh, I think if we win these majorities in the Senate and the House, we must make sure that Biden comes to the table. And with the very, very first budget and bill we pass to ensure that border security is in there. And, you know, look, I'm not oh. Pollyanna, Dan, but yeah,
1: that's what I like I about you. I, was, I, that's what I think a lot of people yeah. like about you. They don't want to hear any more BS. And I appreciate you being humble about it. So I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, this issue is so bad for Biden and you have 75% of that and think that the border policy is a bad policy. And so this is the type of issue where he wakes up, he gets shellacked across the country it truly is the red referendum that I believe it's still going to be. And he's, he comes to his team and says, what in the world can I do to get right in the world? This should be number one. I think he'll come to the table. You know, they're, they're doing a lot of things uh, sort, of, sort of behind the scenes to try to go against their policies, to try to help secure the border. Uh, it's interesting because they don't really put it out in the media. They're so holding to their open porters base that he doesn't want to be seen as possibly trying to secure the border. And so, as we saw with Martha's Vineyard, where these people absolutely freaked out over 50 <laughs> illegal immigrants being right. mailed, being, being uh, flown to the most expensive island in America. They had to right. nationalize, send 150 National Guards to deal with 50 illegal immigrants. Uh, how about they send some of those national garments to the border uh, and then maybe they wouldn't get illegal immigrants shipped to Martha's Vineyard. So I think we need to do that. I, when I was embedded with the Border Patrol Union, you know, one of the biggest things that was to change is the Remain in Mexico. And that, that wouldn't even need a, a vote in Congress for Biden to wake up and say we have to put back in place Remain in Mexico. We could just get that win then it would reverse these numbers dramatically.
1: We're talking to Adam Laxalt. Uh, the website is is that AdamLaxalt.com. Is that right?
2: AdamLaxalt.com. Easy as L-A-X-A-L-T.
1: L-A-X-A-L-T. AdamLaxalt.com. And you're smart. I had Bongino.com. I'm like, what is it? Bongino for changing America. I'm like, just put my last name. It's super simple. AdamLaxalt.com. Folks, um, I can't emphasize to you enough uh, this, how important this Nevada Senate race is. The seat is currently occupied by a far, far, far left Minnesota Freedom Fund supporting, in other words, criminal supporting United States Senator, who is a disaster. Adam is an actual Republican. Uh, I believe he was the co-chair of the Trump campaign. He believes in making America great again our values. And in a lot of races where we may actually may lose seats, knock on wood, we don't. And the Senate side, this may be a pickup and he's polling well. I'm very selective with my guests. We only have a few spots. So I don't want to waste any more of your time. But the Martha's Vineyard argument I made earlier this morning on my podcast, Adam, I I said I was going to bring this up to you. Like, they really have the model down. Martha's Vineyard, we should take a lesson from the residents. Declare an emergency. Declare this activity to be illegal. You know, marshal your assets. um, And tell the folks, I'm sorry you can't stay. You have to come here legally. I mean, that's the model, right? We should all take a lesson from Martha's Vineyard. There was a tweet that went out about this this morning. I said I would ask you about it. They, they really got the system down.
2: You know, it's just astounding. I mean, these are the people that have been most active in this open border worldview, and they think they're better people than the rest of us because they support <laughs> open borders. And the bottom line is this has serious consequences for real Nevadans and real Americans all across this country you know I had this experience with a guy in rural Nevada and he and his three sons had just opened up a mechanic shop as their lifelong dream all three sons then were were Iraq and Afghanistan war veterans and then he started crying one of his sons died of an opioid overdose a few months ago imagine surviving a couple wars fighting for our country and then dying of an opioid overdose for a totally preventable thing. If we just had a border, his son would be alive today. It is not a stretch to say that these are Biden's bodies. He's responsible for these people that are are dying, coming across the border, and for the cartels pushing all of these extra drugs into our communities and devastating, especially rural communities, the Rust Belt. And so, like I said, I think he's going to be looking for a lifeline, and I think we need to call these hypocrites out and say, hey, if you guys are open borders and you're a sanctuary city and you've got room for everyone at the end, okay, you could take them all in. But places like Texas and Arizona, they can't handle it anymore, and then they haven't been able to handle it for about 18 months now, and finally the media pays attention. And like they always do, they somehow turn this against Republicans and turn it against Ron DeSantis. It's just outrageous. But, Dan, it is why I think we are still living in a red wave. The media is trying I to talk so. us out of it. We are living in a red wave. I still feel it in my state. No one is around regular people like I am in this whole state, Republican or Democrat. And I travel communities all across Nevada. I think people are silently waiting to make their voice heard on November 8th, and that's where we're going to see this big, giant red wave push back against what these people are doing to our country
1: adam laxalt uh i i hope you are correct we're talking to adam laxalt the conservative nominee for the united states senate in nevada running against a far left far left radical democrat um i you may be correct i had a pollster from trafalgar robert kahaley on my fox show this weekend and he was amazing he's one of the few guys who's nailed the elections over the past few cycles Um, He factors in bias at the polls by doing a neighbor question. It's a long story. We don't have time for it now. But he said on the show, Adam, this weekend that he thinks that the Republican wave is and the turnout is being far, far underestimated. And it's weird because even with that wave, we're showing some candidates with some problems. Again, factoring in polling bias, Georgia, Pennsylvania and other places. I think they're going to win. I hope they're going to win. But your polls have been consistently pretty good. It's no reason for complacency. Your opponent is very wily. She's not stupid. But let's make, let's make no mistake here. Your opponent is a radical radical leftist. this isn't hyperbole she supported this minnesota freedom fund thing where they were actually bailing out people who were rioting and burning down america's cities if that were a republican like you doing that you'd be in jail right now in a gulag in washington dc this is a radical this don't let her get off with this moderate crap it's all an act
2: yeah look the only reason some of these races are tight is because these democrats have unlimited money And my opponent has, for example, 90 percent of her money comes from California, New York, and they're showering in these small dollar (laughs) donations. And in all these states, our candidates got so outspent over the summer that they're buying these races. They're recasting themselves as centrists. A lot of our candidates couldn't respond over the summer. And now that we're up on TV and we're actually able to tell the other side of the story, doesn't matter how much she pretends like she supports law enforcement. The reality is all the law enforcement that supported her in sixteen, when she was a former AG, she got law enforcement. They all flipped to me. Because they knew that during BLM and during the last few really tough years for law enforcement, she was nowhere to be found. And every major national vote where she could have made her vote, third, she voted with the Democrats. And she as she does for the economic agenda for the border policies. And so they just are willing to say whatever it takes to win. And we need small dollar donors. And I know, by the way, I know it's a tough time. And and what the inflation crisis is hitting our donors much harder than it is their rich donors from San Francisco and New York. But they need to dig deep. they got to help candidates like myself at AdamLaxall.com and these key races, you know, J.D. Vance, Obviously, um, you know, Pennsylvania with, with, with Oz and Herschel Walker. This is the key to us taking back the Senate. And the math is small. Yes, I'm blessed today. The has me up 47-44. We had four polls with me up. But they're 2.3-point polls. These people are going to spend another $40 million on top of the $75 million against me in the final five weeks of this campaign. And so we need to fuel this sucker with conservative grassroots from all across America, will win this race. We will help take back a majority in the U.S. Senate.
1: And folks, in case you think like I'm just pulling this stuff out of my caboose here, here, there's a story. Fox News today: Cortez Masto, that's Adam Laxalt's liberal opponent. The campaign digital director promoted Minnesota Freedom Fund that later bailed out accused murder. I know what she's going to say. Oh, was it me? It was all right. Well, it's your digital direct you got a digital director paying money to bail out accused murderers on the campaign i mean you really think this is going to play in nevada that's got a they got a crime problem most states uh sadly now do ever since these liberal values have taken over in some of these places but let me get on to it i just got about a minute left um your thoughts just briefly i want to just a foreign policy question i don't do it often with candidates but you will be in the Senate. Um, China, it's a growing threat right now. Uh, we've seen it, threats to uh, cross the strait, invade Taiwan. Um, big problems if we don't get our heads out of our butts foreign policy-wise with them. i got about a, a minute left.
2: Yeah. Yeah, look, I'm a former Navy and Iraq veteran, and um, we need to stay focused on our primary threat, which is China. And uh, I'm, I'm 44 years old. I've never taken a vote on anything in my life. Uh, I've only been a former AG. Um, I don't know what these guys were doing, Republican and Democrat, when they were, were doing so much with China and relying on right. them somehow to be beneficent. Uh, Trump did an amazing job turning this debate around. We need to get back to that policy and be consistent. That this is I agree, with, is you, Adam, I, I, they I agree with you, Adam I agree with you. Unfortunately
1: over. I gotta run, but, but you you're yeah. not wrong. I mean, even even me, I, I was under the mistaken belief early on that free trade and introducing capitalism into China was going to create this desire for liberty and freedom. And you and I both know it created the world's largest surveillance state is exactly what it did. And I'm glad guys like you and me can look back and start to question that now and say, no, time to course correct. Adam Laxalt, Adamlaxalt.com is a website. Adamlaxalt.com I'd argue probably one of the most important, if not the most important Senate race in the country. We'll hear from you again before the election, Adam. Thanks for your time.
2: Thanks so much.
1: You got it, folks. Sorry, I'm running out of time. I wish the show was longer sometimes. All right, let me take a break. We'll be right back. That was Adam Laxalt. Thanks for listening to this special Sunday podcast we put together for you. You can hear me every weekday on the radio from 12 noon to 3 Eastern time. If you want to know what station, go to Bongino.com, click on station finder and check it out. Also, be sure to subscribe to my podcast. I'd really appreciate it on Apple, Spotify and at Rumble.com slash Bongino. See you on Monday. You just heard Dan Bongino. Gino.